Hey guys, this is Robert Breedlove from the What Is Money Show. And as you've learned by watching this show, Bitcoin is the single most important asset you can own in the 21st century. And one of the most important companies in Bitcoin today is Nidig. Nidig's mission is to facilitate financial security for all. They accomplish this by bringing a high level of professionalization and sophistication to the Bitcoin marketplace. As a true game changer in the industry, Nidig is safely unlocking the power of Bitcoin for forward-thinking individuals and institutions alike. By using Nidig, you will gain access to an end-to-end institutional-grade platform, providing Bitcoin OTC transactions, Bitcoin collateralized borrowing, secure custody, asset management, derivatives, financing, market research, and more. And all of these services meet the highest regulatory governance and audit standards. Led by Robbie Gutman, Yin Zhao, and Ross Stevens, Nidig has absolutely exploded onto the Bitcoin scene recently and is leading the way for ongoing institutional adoption in this nascent asset class. So please be sure to check out Nidig as a single source for all your Bitcoin needs. So Jeff, your book goes into game theory, which is a very important part of understanding Bitcoin. Uh, It's a term thrown around a lot. Um, And I actually think that the term game theory is a bit underrepresentative of what it actually is. I mean, theory sounds like, um, you know, something that would be, it's possibly expected to happen, but we observe game theory in nature, uh, you know, as as animals compete in an environment, they, they tend to exhibit very specific behaviors based on certain game theoretic parameters. Um, so it's, it's a bit stronger than theory, I think, in many respects, uh, especially as it pertains to money and economics. So you do a great job of simplifying it and laying it out in your book. And I wonder that, you know, we know governments, we saw arming themselves, say in the, the beginning of the nuclear age, basically accumulating a stockpile of weapons in anticipation of others doing the same. So all governments are accumulating armaments uh, because they don't want to be left defenseless, essentially. And I, I wonder how you see Bitcoin changing geopolitical game theory or, or, or playing into geopolitical game theory. Um, is this something else that governments may eventually label a matter of national security and see actually you know, to own some of the network as a means of, of defense against others owning some of the network. How do, maybe you could just talk a little bit about that, how you see that all playing out. Um, okay, so game theory is a critical part of game, uh, the Bitcoin network. And, it's, and it's, it is what drives kind of fear of missing out and everything else. But if you just, most people's understanding of game theory would look at prisoner's dilemma on a kind of on a four by four grid and, and they, and, and um, and I, and somebody comes in and you and I are, uh, did a crime together and offers me an incentive to turn on you and you an incentive to turn on me at some sort of point, there's a number of different outcomes from that. And, and, and at some sort of point, if they, if you've, if you've created a, an incentive where I would in that case cheat or turn on you and, and it's pretty predictable what will happen 
so you can you can follow that and so the best um the the best scenario for both party both parties in that there is to not turn on each other mm -hmm. for so so cooperation and cooperation in our species is the best what that says is the best outcome for all of us mm -hmm. through cooperation but by creating an incentive for somebody against somebody else then it creates a different in, uh, incentive and in other words we don't cooperate and then there's there's a whole bunch of in iterative game theory so that's a, what people understand but iterative game theory and what if you played the game more than once so that's a nice theory in in one in one sense of a game but um and and so in two criminals creating crime that doesn't happen over and over and over again and so we we uh so human nature we build an iterative game theory and so that i believe that that's actually what ends up happening with trust so you 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 know the people in your network that you trust and everything else and that's a lot of because you've seen them through time on how those how those show up i have this uh, i have this saying it's going to be this might be valuable for you i believe anybody what who they tell me they are until they show me different when they show me different i believe that for all time because if i'd believe something else then it's my fault huh. so when somebody shows me who they really are i will for, i will forever believe that is by the way that it's a really good analogy for right now when people say kind of in the whole system what's happening in the system and they're showing you, you a different result mm -hmm. um believe believe what they show you not what they tell you yeah, yeah. so speak louder than words so. right um, because they can't because because again that integrity against that it matters more what they show you they cannot uh, they, they they you can easily say something but what you show show shows you is who you are right so so but going back to uh, back to that that in game theory and everything else if you played the game over and over and over again and what are the best strategies to win the game or lose or because because in evolution if you lose the game you die mm -hmm. if you keep losing the game so you can you can say genetically everything else why are we designed to cooperate why are we designed to love belong everything else because as a species we thrive by doing that by by cheating at some times you can get more of the pie but then in the next game somebody understands they cheated so what will they do in the next game they'll cheat and so you get further and further further and further divide so it's something i think a lot about on how okay how we all make decisions why it's better to cooperate for the group and why in individually or in our own group, sometimes it's better to cheat. And what, is, uh, what, uh, what does that look like? And to me, how I th is, <laughs> now I'm going down the rabbit hole myself. I think about, um, it's not about money for me, it's not about anything else. Um, if, if I cheated for money, or if I took, turned on a friend for something else like that, I have to live with those consequences. And, and, and so, so for for me the reason that i it looks it, look, it looks different is i totally measure not just the short term impact of something i measure the long term 
what does that look like? And I, was, I, I would imagine similarly for a whole bunch of people. And that creates a social uh, a, a, a society that either comes together and thrives for benefit of each person, their own as well, but, uh, but for the benefit, or a society that divides. And, and, and I think it's so tied into human nature and this kind of ties into, um, we are part of the system that we're trying to change and we all have flaws and biases and these things designed into us in part of the system. <laughs> so we need to think about all these things, how they, how they, how, how they go together now. So, so now take that on a geopolitical level to that us versus them. And I think I said this in, in one of the other things, um, deflation defunds communism. It defunds the state. It is a free market force. Mm -hmm. And so, so, so I believe based, based on that, that the, the, it is highly likely that rational governments that are, that, that want to take a path and advance society are going to lean into this innovation first by helping the on-ramps, on-ramps, off-ramps and in in an ecosystem develop. It's not ready for society to just break and Bitcoin wins. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not ready because all the institutions would fall. You don't know how to drive on roads. Everything would just, but I, but I suspect out of that same thing, there's such an advantage for, for early government to understand what this means and to get in early and advance it is such an advantage for their, um, for their own knowledge, for where technology is going and what that means to advance, uh, advance uh, uh, other industries and what it means for populations that um, at the same time is it's a disadvantage for, for someone else. Mm -hmm. So I think I, so. I think that that uh, is highly likely. It's still early. First, people, uh, then, then corporations, then, uh, then governments. And I think that so. And when we're still in very early stages of corporations, yeah, and and, and people very early stages, um, but uh, but I I do think that uh, that's coming. That's interesting, right? To come back to the prisoner's dilemma. So. It's a great little anecdote that cooperation in that situation is the optimal strategy, right? It's, it's in the best interest of both of those prisoners to remain silent, effectively cooperating with one another. Yet because of the divisiveness, right, they can't communicate with one another. They're in separate cells. If they could communicate, they'd just say, hey, I'm going to stay silent. You stay silent. They would be more able to establish trust. Exactly. Through divisiveness divisiveness deteriorates the strategy right the strategy optimal strategy for them each in isolation then becomes to betray one another right so i think the point there is that yeah it is it is by building these walls it's us versus them that we're often um 
causing game theory to work against us in a way, right? Well, we have more. I, I think that's actually, and I think that's actually why game theory it's a, it's a science now, and there's a and, and um, because it's so tied into the way we operate, and it's tied into us versus them. It's tied into our need for belongingness. It's tied into all of these things. It's uh, it's the, again, it's tied into our own mental models and biases on how we survived as a species. Yeah. Um, uh, and and so it, it's like so if we're making decisions based on these decisions and unaware that we're making these decisions again, each out for our own best interest, interest without realizing the negative exter externalities of that. If you have a system designed for your own best in interest without the, the uh, negative externalities, that's what will happen. Right. And the existing inflationary system is that system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's building those walls that invert game theory negatively. Right. Uh, and, and, and everybody's chase, chasing, I need more of this pie to be on this side so that I can, I can retire at some point with enough to safety. To survive the survive. perceived scarcity, right? Everything's getting more expensive. Right. I need right. more to survive. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to whoever it takes to survive. It's, it's a, yeah, it degenerates morality even. Yep. It just incentivizes people to not cooperate. So I, I mean, I can't, I can hardly think of a worse consequence or force in the world and to your point, what's interesting there is that you said you, you believe who someone says they are until they prove otherwise, prove themselves otherwise. Until they show themselves otherwise. They show themselves otherwise. I've actually heard that that is, if you play the prisoner's dilemma, if you iterate it across a number of plays, that's actually the optimal strategy for a prisoner's dilemma. You're supposed to trust initially. Exactly. Trust initially. If somebody, if somebody deceives, you, you don't trust. Mirror. Yeah, you mirror the action. Exactly. And... And that's what life is. Life is a series of iterated games. It's a, right. it, it, that's, that's what it looks like. And that's what builds a social, social fabric right. of the people in your network that you trust. Right. So if we can have, so divisiveness incentivizes us to betray one another. We would say that uh, breaking down those walls would better enable us to cooperate successfully the communication medium or protocol, the more trusted it can be, the more likely we are then to cooperate because we can trust right. what's coming through that communication channel. And that's what Bitcoin is, right? Bitcoin is, it solved Byzant Byzantine's general's problem, which was propagating a message through a network of inherently antagonistic participants. So you can't trust anyone in the network, but how do you broadcast a message across that network that everyone can believe that is accurate? And that's what Bitcoin through math and through math and code exactly, you can trust you can trust anybody. Through math, code, and then competition, right? The actual exactly. mining piece. Yeah. Um, and so I, I would say that, and I get a lot of this thinking from Jordan Peterson, where he said, "The game of life is not to win; it's actually to have this blend of competence and." Um, likability or humility such that you are invited to play the maximum number of games. That's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, yeah, a, you yeah, just win at all costs in any one game because if you do that and you're ruthless and you cheat and whatever, you're going to be excluded from all these thousands of future games. Right. So it's interesting to me that, that it's rooted in communication. This, this 
ability of us to cooperate and trust one another, the more we can trust the communication protocol, the more trust and flourishing we can build for ourselves. And, and that whole process, by the way, is eliminating individual bias, right? The more we're cooperating, the less I need to know everything. I can depend on my blind spots can be complemented by others. Exactly. Especially if you had a stable money underneath and couldn't be changed with her. That's and going back to why it's such a big idea. Why it is such a printing press type of idea because it, it changes changes the way we think about kind of humanity and what that means it it is really i i believe this that and and this is going to sound maybe not to a lot of the people in bitcoin but to others it's going to sound it's a it it is the the step function to where we're going it is a total change to where we're going and i and i think to for humanity to pass from one side to another to get to the next step we have to go through this step Mm -hmm. I think yeah. it's that it's that it's that big a deal, and to to the to the point, Robert. Um, I don't know if we'll make it if we don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. We create war machines that are not war machines from before, and some of the technology that's creating some of the stuff that's that's coming. We could easily destroy this this world on the way um, uh, on the way through by relying on a system that forces us to compete for scarce resources. Um, we could really easily do that. I think it is, uh, it is, so it is to me that important. Your point is strongly taken. And I, I know I keep revisiting human action here, but it's just on the line, but that's how he concludes the book. It's like, if we don't get people onto a truthful ideology, then we will destroy ourselves. Totally. A new story that is actually more believable that is that is true that yeah. is the because the story we're in right now isn't isn't the truth it's just a story yeah yeah we're operating well, it, is a, it is a it is a truth it's the truth that we live in something that is totally um totally about control and power yeah it's, the truth is that and, it is a self-destructive system exactly right and if we don't awaken to that or soon enough and start migrating to uh, a sustainable system, a sustainable socioeconomic system like that which would be built on top of thermodynamically sound money, you know, something like Bitcoin. We're, just, we're taking corruption out of the base layer, that I guess is the, the gist of it. That is, that, that's corruption out of the base layer of money. That is exact, exactly what's happening. And if corruption's in the base layer, this game theory of cheat is in the base layer, everywhere. then cheat is everywhere in the system. Right, and that's what we see today. That's what we see today. And this is where, like, it's difficult to articulate it, I think. Bitcoiners are compressed it into fix the money, fix the world. And then if someone just hears that from the outside looking in, you're like, okay, you, where's your tinfoil hat, radical? <laughs> but it is true, right? It, it, is. But it is true, that's, that's what I mean. Defend the other system, Yeah. right? It, it, it is true, and more and more people are starting to realize, and more and more people are realizing it, and that's why there's a network effect on Bitcoin. And, and so we can going, take, yeah. Don't interrupt. No, just and what's going to emerge out of that that ecosystem will blow people's brains. It's just it uh, it uh, there. Are, a lot of people are thinking about it today and the money, but what actually emerges out of that system is a whole new world. Yeah, a whole new yeah. Everything is different. Every yeah. 
that is, the, I think, the proper way to think about it, is that the money is the base layer, and it actually imprints its character on all the systems built on top of it. Everything's downstream from the money. So right. all of the systems and institutions we have today, they actually have, they're shaped by gold, frankly, right? We have a large centralized custodian called the central bank for gold because gold's not portable, frankly. Right. And so that, you know, that has uh, second and third order consequences on all the other systems around it. Um, and if we look at then this game theory, which again, as you said, is so important to understanding Bitcoin, how do we, properly, I guess, what is the way in the interest of, I think a lot of what we're doing here today is, is very educational. Like people could listen to this and start to follow these strings from, you know, what is, say, what is money is the first question to fix the money, fix the world. If we're bridging some of that gap there, right. how right. do we interpret Bitcoin through a game theoretic lens? And then how do we interpret fiat currency? Well, that's what's ha that's what's happening, and game theory is obviously built into it. And more and more, as more and more people are are investing in it or holding holding it, um, and taking it off the system and into cold storage, it's it's built into the system that it's going up in price. Mm -hmm. And the existing system has to counter that that by printing more money. Mm -hmm. to defend against it. And a bunch of that money is moving into this. Mm -hmm. And there, so, so I see it as a foregone conclusion mm -hmm. that this, and, and again, take this for, maybe I'm wrong, sure. but I, sure. I, 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 the, I see it as a foregone conclusion that this is, this forcing function will force a, 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 a rewrite of the, all the rules. Mm -hmm. And the earlier people understand that and are earlier, the earlier, and we're still so early in the cycle. And so that when you, when you say a foregone conclusion that this will do that, um, that also means how much this is going to be worth. And it also means how much it's in, how much it's worth to people to get in early, right. including corporations, including governments and everything else to have a say in the new world that's being created on the backside, right? And to and 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 to what to uh, to what that looks like. Um, maybe I'm wrong, and or uh, a high conviction that that's happening on the network effect, and we can't see how fast that's happening on the network effect. But it's but the faster that that's happening, the faster the existing system is breaking down. The faster the break is, uh, existing system is breaking down, take, for instance, insurance companies coming into Bitcoin, it's signaling what is going to happen next. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and so you, you've kind of heard often probably slowly then suddenly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah gradually then suddenly. Exactly. When the, when the stampede comes, because the existing system is building more and more uh, fragility into the system all the time by printing and the more and more people that are understanding the fragility and are, are, are voting otherwise for a new system, they're starting to, they're starting to piece together some of the things that we're talking about mm -hmm. on what that new system could mean, not just for them. They start with them self-interest mm -hmm. and then they move to, uh, to my family. I need to get my family on this and my friends on this and, and a lot of those people turn into 
massive advocates that that, that talk, talk about not and and bigger than just what it means for them on on a monetary on mm-hmm. on wealth right. bigger than and it moves to a bigger uh, a big bigger picture but i think that's what's happening agree and so yeah, sorry and and you can imagine we've talked about i think we've talked about this before and lots of people have talked about this before but if the government decides to shut it down it actually incentives and incentivizes based on the same thing another government to take it mm-hmm. that's right right so based on based on game theory alone there is an incentive to be early right there is an incentive right now to not tell anybody else that you're you're starting to accumulate how do i start to accumulate as a government how do i start to accumulate slowly yeah. or how do i build payment mechanisms for my citizens so they can accumulate into what what the mayor of miami is thinking of mm-hmm. everything else yeah. to be able to bring so so my city is better than the rest or to my state or to my and, and that's what wisconsin's doing around some of the some of the, and then and, and so game theory is playing out not just at the high levels at the, the the us first china and everything else but it's also in the city and state level and and so and and that's we can see that all the time. We we can see that happening right now. And yeah. so there creates early states that are that are pro are going to attract a whole bunch of wealth and capital, and ex, and expand. And and states that are laggards are going to lose that capital. Yeah, I I, I think Preston's example of the hundred meter race, where all of a sudden the but, you know, the Genesis block was the starting gun, I guess. And there's a number of nation states running this race. We're, we're in the early stages, but some will stumble early on and they'll just suffer in the end because there's such a disproportionate advantage offered to those who adopt early, right? To those who adopt first and quietly, to your point. Right. Um, but if I, if I look at just the game theory associated with fiat currency, the whole thing is a race to debase. It's the opposite of Bitcoin in a way, right? There's a race to accumulate in Bitcoin because there's less and less of it. So it's accumulating more and more purchasing power. Whereas uh, fiat currency is the antithesis of that. They're just swelling the supply every time there's, uh, it's quantitative easing versus the quantitative tightening of Bitcoin. And, And this is, I think, used strategically in the geopolitical sense in that when you debase your currency, you can increase your net exports and you can also right. increase your acquisition of scarce assets. So the more, the more, and China is the great example you brought up. It's like the Chinese miracle. Like, well, really they expanded debt faster than any country in history. So that's how. And they kept their labor rate low and yeah. labor rate as a percentage of the manufacturing base right. was a higher percentage. So all the manufacturing went to China. You take advantage of cheap labor. And as that rate should have increased mm-hmm. with their economy, they depressed, did they depress the labor rate? Because if the labor rate increased their economy, their exports would have uh, crashed with it. And, and that, 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 that export market would have moved to a different country. Yes. And, and so we know all of that. We have like empirical case of this that, well, first of all, a quick study of history on fiat is that they all go to zero eventually pretty much. Right. Only ones. That only one. Only one right now is Japan, and it's in the middle of it, right? So it will. It's, right. Yeah. Right. And 
So there's the race to take fiat currency to zero to acquire assets along the way, or you know, to increase net exports or keep labor rates suppressed, whatever your geopolitical goal is. Whereas the game theory of Bitcoin is the opposite. And then they actually work uh, in concert, right? Because the more you're inflating a currency, the more you're creating demand for inflation insurance, if you will. People want to hold it in anything, oil, gold, Bitcoin, anything scarce. And I think this, so that sounds maybe a little complicated, but we've basically compressed that narrative into just a few minutes. My, my thesis or hypothesis here is that that idea is just going to spread faster in the world. We have well, that, that, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Because now, again, and that's why this truth and people are seeing the asymmetric bet, including insurance companies and including um, hedge funds and everything else. And they're starting to say, wait, I understand the game board. Yes. And I understand if the game board looks like this from a structural level and there's nothing you can do to change the game board, I understand how this is going to play out. Mm -hmm. And that, and in that, in that, thinking Bitcoin is not a, not a risk. It's the, it, it's the safest bet you could make. It becomes a cooperative strategy, right? Exactly. Again, we have yeah. a digital age of saying, we said the prisoner's dilemma, the more reliable and sound that communication medium is between the prisoners, the more likely they are to cooperate. Well, now we have this more of a free market for ideas than we've ever had before in the digital age, right? We've got decentralized media, Twitter, all these things where people were much more peer to peer than we are getting our messaging broadcasted from a centralized authority. I think that just makes or enables people to zero in on truth more quickly. Right. And so I, I think the, the, the veil has been ripped back on inflationism this time and smart money or the, the, the more intelligent investors among us, they're just not going to get caught off guard by this because it's not that complicated. It's not that complicated. It is really not that complicated. Yeah. We believe in a lie that inflation is required for us to thrive. Yes. And that is a complete lie. Yes. It is not true. Um, we might believe it. A whole bunch of people have caught, who've been caught into that belief system and everything else. And they act accordingly with that belief system and they trust it universally. Yeah. And Bitcoin has exposed the lie. And, and there is no way, there's no chance that the lie is going to go back into a box. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the genie is out of the bottle, the idea is out, and you can't, can't put the toothpaste back. Exactly. Now, not everybody knows they're living in that lie yet. Right. There's a whole bunch of people who still believe that. Yeah. And, still, and, and because it's so wired into their brain and everything that they see every day is in the system, that they're measuring against the lie in the system that's being manipulated, corruption against backs back to prisoners and the, the corruption of the base layer. Yeah. They see it. That's what they experience every day. So they're living in that system and it's hard to break free of that system. Yeah. But, but that system is predictably going to get worse and worse and worse. while the other system gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Right. And, and that's what's driving the competing network effects as one system unwinds and the other one takes its place. This is the old, the, the future's already here, just not evenly distributed, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I love your, the, your last point there, which I hadn't thought about as much, is that it does, these, this collision of a, call it a, a game theory that's unwinding and a game theory that's uh, succeeding, right? It's accreting value. So we have a cooperative game in Bitcoin, I guess, outcompeting a non-cooperative game in fiat. 
And as those two worlds collide, it does create these advocates, these extreme Bitcoin advocates, or, or like, you know, I would put myself there and you're so like, we're, talk, we're out here um, sticking our neck out a little bit, frankly, on behalf of others, I think, to just talk about these things that 20 years ago, I think people would have not only labeled us with a tinfoil hat, but um, it would be considered dangerous maybe to talk about a lot of this, to talk about. When I, wrote, when I wrote my book, I, I wrote my book with full conviction. I said, to, I said to my wife, Kelly, I said, there is a high degree chance that I'm put in the camp of crazy person going up against a system and labeled that. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody reads this book, mm-hmm. uh, but that, that, that destroys our ability to make money because nobody wants me on their boards or invested in their companies because it's so, because you have to going up against a system with something like this, you have to be prepared for, uh, we did, uh, I did, are we prepared or am I prepared for what that looks like? Right. Am I prepared to, to be, to be zero? Could I, and, and, and say, what would that look like versus not saying it and what that looks like? Yeah. That's, that's what I had to be uh, prepared for. Every single video you're doing right now, every single video I'm doing will be judged if we're right 20 years from now mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of things we might make mistakes on or, or, We'll uh, we'll be back in uh, uh, back in, and people will be making fun of us. Or or on the opposite, they won't uh, they they won't be. They'll be saying, "Wow, they saw it before others." Yeah. And, and we all have to be. Is that what we believe in? And could we be wrong? Um, and 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 with con- and with conviction. But that's why, like, I don't care. I yeah. really don't. Yeah. I, uh, I believe I believe in this until somebody proves me otherwise. That, uh, that something that I'm saying is not factual and is not tied to, to, to logic and data. It doesn't matter if the, if the rules change, smart people change with the rules. Right, right, right. That, that is how humans adapt, right? <laughs> Adaptability is, the, is, is our species for survival. Um, so, so when there's a rule change and technology imposed a rule change, you change with the, the rules or you don't. Um, and so we could, maybe I'm wrong again, back to maybe you're wrong and everything else. And maybe people will criticize later, uh, later on, or maybe they won't, but I know my truth right now. And until I see a different, uh, until I see somebody come with better evidence on a, uh, on a new, something that works better, I'm Bitcoin. Love it. And I think, um, this is called to love called the soul in the game, right? It's actually one step beyond skin in the game where skin in the game is you're exposed to the consequences of your own actions, both incentive and disincentive based on what you do. But there's a step beyond that where you're taking downside risk on behalf of others. And it sounds like you chose to do that in writing the book. I mean, you had to talk with yourself and you knew you were, um, taking certain risk, right? Possibly even career risk to be perceived as the, the tinfoil hat guy. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's very admirable that you took that step. So, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of us out there that agree that have been influenced by your book. So thank you for doing that. 
No, I appreciate it. But, but that same, that, that, I think that connection and everything else is actually, and if you said my belonging um, in that, that not that I don't look at everywhere else, but my, I can't believe, I actually cannot believe how many awesome relationships I built out of, out, out, out of, uh, out of writing that book. I actually, it, it's been, it's been the, one of the greatest things I did that I didn't know was uh, uh, like, <laughs> I never wanted to be an author. Yeah. And it was, but the, but the relationships built out of that, the, the people I've, uh, the people I've met, there's like just incredibly brilliant, really great people who equally, it's just, it's been awesome. It's just been, uh, it's, uh, you never know. And so this turned out to be, this turned out to be a, just a really great bet. Yeah, you love to see it, frankly, because you knew you were stepping into a risk um, and risk is a two-sided coin, right? Reward is the other side. It sounds like it, it paid off in ways maybe you couldn't even have foreseen. So yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a, uh, I had a talk to uh, with actually somebody who reached out to me because I get asked obviously a lot in business and everything else. I had a talk to today, and and took half an hour to walk them through and 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 I kind of walked through the exists that same thing. The entrepreneurial risk is an asymmetric bet in yourself. And you, what, you, what, what you do is you, I have a point of view and, and I step off the comfortable <laughs> path and I have that point of view, knowing the whole while it's going to be, you might be wrong and you're hardened and either you, you're learning and you're changing and changing on that point of view. And it doesn't mean you're going to create a whole bunch of wealth or anything else. It's the learning and that, that step off. And people who say they want to be entrepreneurs without wanting to step off are really saying, because ideas are free. Right. It's only when they, the hard test of putting that, trying to get that idea into action that you see, um, did it work? Did it not work? Everything else. But, but I always have underestimated the benefit that accrues by taking that risk. I've always underestimated that benefit and that benefit has come in relationships, curiosity, learning and everything else. And this is no different. Um, the risk was writing it, but the benefit was so much greater thousand times greater than I could have ever imagined in my own learning curiosity about this puzzle pieces and the people I've met along the way. Yeah, it's inspirational, right? And I, I inspirational for myself and I hope to others as well that we, we need more risk takers in the world. I know we said they're not risk takers necessarily, but it's people that are looking at a potential future and then putting their skin in the game to make it happen versus the world we live in today is largely governed by risk transfer ors right where central banks not taking any risk they're just allocating risk something blows up over here it's, it's heads i win tails you lose kind of thing for a lot of these firms close to the fiat currency spigot they can yeah. and, and, and again we get, we're so far down this spe uh, spectrum and we see the the negative externalities that we think like if you if you if you took powell today and sa said okay what are you going to do I don't know. Like, I don't know what you would do. Like I, you, this, this existing system is unfixable because it's a structural change. Right. But if you, if you turned off easing, everybody sees it because it winds down to the sand. It's, it's a, it's a deflationary depression and there's nothing backing the deflationary depression 
So all the banks fail and the governments fail on top of that. So that is what they're dealing with. And, and I understand the severity of a, like, I understand all of the severity of what we're talking about. It's a, it's an, it's a no win situation caused by something way further back that they didn't see happening. Yeah. Technology changing the rules and trying to overcome change, kind of control the printing press by, by doing this. That's now gotten so big that what would you do? So I don't know if I, if I, if I was given all the power of the world to, to, to change that system, it, I would choose Bitcoin. Yeah, so I, would, I, would, I would transfer. I would, I would, I would say we do, uh, we need to make a, we need to make a transition to a new system that is, in, is in line with human progress. Right. And I need to be early on that system. That's what I would do. And I need to keep this going in the meantime well, we, well, we, well, we transfer um, wealth to the new system, right? Or to transfer society to the new system. So this is something I've been ambivalent on. Maybe you can help me think about it better. I, there's, I run into a lot of advocates for UBI, and not in the Bitcoin community, but I guess just being in Bitcoin, you hear about it a lot. And there's, there are proclaimed Bitcoin advocates out there that are also pro UBI, universal basic income. And the, the argument there is that, look, we know Bitcoin is the future. We know Bitcoin's going to eat everything. Let's use UBI in the interim to allocate wealth to those who need it most. So, you know, I guess MMT style printing press, but directing the funds uh, not to not through the banking system, through the top tier banks and uh, lending out to lower tier banks and so on and so forth, but helicopter money direct to middle and lower class. And I'm, so part of me is like, okay, after reading something like The Law by Bastiat, it's that plunder can never be justified, but the system's already plundering people. Right? It's yeah. happening right now. Every time you turn a dollar, you're stealing from somebody. So do we just turn the thing up and try to allocate the stolen proceeds to the people that need it most and accelerate it blowing up and us moving on to a Bitcoin standard? Is that like to fly the thing into the ground? Is that yeah. the or so, so that's the problem. So inflation, if you just kind of looked at it, you're trying to push prices up mm -hmm. so you can give other people more to be able to pay for the prices you pushed up. Right. So ultimately, it's that math that can't work. Right. So somebody essentially you've there is no free market. Somebody is choosing who gets what. Right. And it's just how much should you give to these people, how much should you give to this people, but it is not anything to do with the market. So at some point that uh, collapses. I do um what I would say is and then you look at different countries and you, what you would say and and people look at different countries and they say well norway can provide education and everything else without kind of thinking what drove that wealth was the oil wealth to be able to do that right or 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 canada can do this and they have a without realizing that canada is so in debt and that that it'll blow up first because of the debt and the thing that might make it hold on is as printing goes up commodities matter more and Canada's filled with commodities. So people, people take a, a, a narrow view of one country that they think looks more socialist mm -hmm. without understanding the, the, the inputs that allow that to happen. 
and 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 they misjudge the entire system. Yeah. So that that happens all the time. And again, it's bias. I'm looking for an example that will make my case is what ends up happening. And I'm going to cherry pick the information that makes my case the best. So now try to level set there and say, um, should there be why it feels like in, in the U S um, right now, kind of the collision is way more, uh, uh, way more profound right now than Canada is because our dollar hasn't run away yet. And we have, we have kind of, a medical for everybody or we have a social safety net that that yes taxes in some cases might be higher to provide the, the uh, that social safety net and we and that all of this thing might not be needed in a new system but it, it holds society together you know in, in while this is going on and in and and so now just kind of going back to human action if there's no social safety net, you lose your job and, and, and you're sick and you can't get into the hospital and you have no way to pay for, for that and you're on food stamps and then that, that goes away or something like that, you're rising up. You're blaming other people and you could easily be. And, and so if you just think about your personal, what it matters to you and what it would look like to you in each of these scenarios, you can kind of see human action <laughs> driving on what, what would do, uh, what would happen now going back to your UBI thing I don't know I hate it because because it is so misaligned with with uh, uh, with a free market and it only concentrates more power I hate it for that for that reason but in a system that is so broken um, I don't know what to what how how some people are that are so hurt by that system and how 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 do you what do you do in the meantime while that system's unwinding to keep uh, to well well you're pushing them further and further into poverty yeah. with your policies today. What do you do to be able to to help help? stem the tide while a new system is, is, is emerging. I don't know that. So I don't know that answer. Um, but, uh, but, but I would suspect that on that transition from one system to another, that those are some of the complicated things that yeah. you need, uh, that, that we, uh, that societies need to think about. And, and it's going to be, it's going to be a fight these things because, because you're creating general, uh, you're, you're creating a belief system that a whole bunch of people that have money got it because of their innovation and how smart they were. Yeah. And much of that is created by the printing itself, but they, they don't know it. And you're creating a belief system on the other side of the, and so, so these, these things are thorny issues to deal with, to say the, to, uh, to say the least. Yeah, it's, incredibly thorny because you know we're talking about violating the very principles on which free market capitalism is based like totally violating private property rights like someone thought they owned a thing tomorrow they won't and i don't know i'm not convinced that there is a mechanical way to actually do that and in, in a way that benefits the middle class i'm kind of with you that no matter which way we distribute these funds 
because of the people that choose how they're allocated, they have their own incentives, their own political agendas, that it's going to get allocated to the people that make the biggest campaign contributions and like it, like it typically is. So it'll just drive inequality. Until that, but, until, but until that gets so, so rape on one side, yeah. that the other, the other side can promise UBI yeah. to get elected, right? yeah. which, can, which almost happened here. Yeah. Like, which almost happened in the last, last election cycle in the run up to whether it was uh, Biden or Sanders, right? So, and you can see the groups driving in into this um, because of and and you're getting a bigger ba- you're getting a bigger base. So the further you push society to the breaking point, you should expect the result the resulting chaos. And yeah. so this existing system that you said I have corrupt base layer money. Mm-hmm. And everybody's talking about the chaos mm-hmm. without talking about the, the thing driving at all. Right. It's crazy. It's it's crazy. It's ludicrous. Hacking at the leaves and ignoring the roots. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, so I, I get lost in this one too. I just don't think in my mind that you can never justify the plunder. I just could never imagine myself being like, oh yeah, we need UBI for this transition. It just doesn't. I don't know. Really hard for me to get behind that. Um, but I guess I would say one thing that would make sense is like we're already going to do these 1.9 trillion dollar stimulus rounds like we just did maybe it would be best to accelerate this transition if those disbursements were made in bitcoin so that would be an interesting that would be an interesting thing actually funny enough my mom's gonna love this um because when i wrote my book a long time ago um she she said you know what the government should do instead of uh the new deal you should uh they, they should instead of sending out these checks they should put it into bitcoin yeah and so yeah. so so um and for each uh, for each citizen and they they'll, they'll drive a way bigger wealth divide so yeah. uh or sorry with a way better transition path yeah and and knowledge transfer or awareness i guess yeah all of a sudden people are like oh my that would be talk about a seal of legitimacy right yeah. right <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I get people joke on Twitter sometimes, you know, they'll say Jeff Booth for president or whoever. <laughs> but I couldn't change it. it well, I, I could change, I could change, I could, what I would do is exactly what I'm doing here. Yeah. I would lay out, here's where we are. Yeah. Here's the facts. Yeah. And you'd bring critical thought to how, to how do you build to the transition, not to not to all of the noise that's going on in the existing. Right. Most of the m- most of what's happening today is noise, votes, everything else, playing on people's fears um, in the existing and, and changing. It, it, that's why I said changing an actor in that system won't change the system. Right. Yeah, I, it's like if if I'm going to run and do something like that, then I'd be running on a platform of deconstructing politics. It's like, right. I'm going to put me into this job. I'm going to be here to dismantle the whole department and get us on to a better governance standard. If a perfect world would look like I don't need to be here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it is, it, but, but, but that's, that's what you, you if, in, in fact, in a CEO, if you're really thinking about what you're trying to do is you're trying to develop team and everything else. So you don't need to be, you're not needed. Right. You design, you're trying to design yourself out of a job. Right. Yeah, that's incredible and very thorny, I think, is 
the big takeaway there. It's hard. Very, very thorny. These are really complex issues. Well, so, so we've grown up in a, in a pretty stable, especially in the Western world. Not all, not all regions look like, like us, but, but we've grown up in a pretty safe time Mm -hmm. uh, growing up without some of these things. Um, and if you look back through history, there's points of, uh, of this that look like this. So they're normally around stable money. Mm. Um, and then there's points of disintegration because, uh, because of the same thing. But our measuring stick, our, how we think about is, is is if you zoom out, <laughs> mm-hmm. but there's nobody alive today that's kind of been through not very many people that have been alive or that are alive and reason, re- realize all of the backdrop <laughs> yeah. of, of what, ca- what, what ca- causes this. So we're likely a lot of times make, keep on making the same mistake mm-hmm. into a system that reinforces it on itself because we, we don't know how to measure a different system. Right. Yeah. There's no, there's no historical precedent. Right. So where we are, it, it's venturing into even with a bit like moving onto a Bitcoin standard, although it has a lot of you know, historical uh, analogies, we could say maybe in the gold standard, it would be something radically new. And it would be something that radically comes new. Yeah. Fear, right? It comes a lot of fear and hesitancy from people. Yeah. So that's in a world that's changing fast, the curious thrive. Right, that it, that it can change their viewpoints with how fast the world's can update their mental model faster with mm-hmm. how fast the world's moving. Technology changed the rules. It, re- it requires a digital native currency to move for, that allows for deflation. Those things are, I, I believe, are facts. Mm-hmm. Um, when we compare facts from a different time, it didn't look like that. Mm-hmm. The world didn't look like that. So, so. I, I said this on one of your other ones, but can you imagine owning gold and your entire thesis for owning gold, everything's happening and Bitcoin's emerging instead of gold. Like your entire 20 years, 30 years of backdrop, everything that you got paid for yeah. to provide gold advice is breaking down as you're, as you're doing it to a different medium uh, that, that, yeah. 10 times better than gold. Can you imagine what that would feel like and why you might defend the previous reality? Because you, your entire your, your entire being is involved in the and for the exact same reason that you that you said it's important. Yeah. It's moving to a different uh, it's a moving to a different currency or a different uh, different standard. That's that would a, be a, that'd be hard to do. That that might be if I, if it was me, that might be hard to deal with. Well, this is interesting, actually. So we're talking about the benefits earlier of the Bitcoin cultural immune system, if you will, where there's this, the in-group, out-group dynamic is necessary in a way because it's an intolerant minority. I would say the, the precursor to that was the, were the gold bugs, right? They were the yep. intolerant minority. But so they had the right reasoning, like Bitcoiners and gold bugs have the similar, similar reasoning, similar worldview, similar, similar libertarian bent, different answers to the question. So right. is it gold bugs clinging on to this worldview because they had to be intolerant for so long? Is that why they, they is that the source I, of derangement syndrome? 
Maybe, and and maybe if if something else takes Bitcoin, I suspect it's not true. It's not going to happen. That would same thing would happen to Bitcoiners. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The uh, but uh, um, so so with that empathy for so what, what pe other people are going through and why they, and it's a bigger group. Like I understand all the dynamics yeah. of why, why why it might look like that, and still I could disagree. I could yeah. I could disagree with the principle, and I believe in a different medium, but I don't disagree with the idea, yeah. or anything else. And gold for a long time was a really good hold governments in check. It wasn't it it at some point people yeah. cheat, yeah. Um, but uh, and and it always broke down because of that, and the center would be because you had to centralize it. Yeah. Um, but but for a long time it was the best we had. So I. I understand why a whole bunch of people would think it's going back to that. Yeah, I, I, it's, it, there's this ambivalence here again that keeps striking me. That there's not, maybe we always want to think right and wrong answers, but it really is situational because there's this ambivalence between hold the line, be the intolerant minority, but also have humility when you, know, you could be wrong at any time. As you've said a number of times on the show, it's like you need to have both. And you need to be able to switch between them, I guess. Um, but that's very difficult to do. Like you don't know exactly when to be intolerant, when to be humble. But 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 again, I think that's what I said about the strong opinions weakly held. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. I, I, in a world that's moving really fast, if there was one thing out of this whole, thing, take yeah. that. Yeah. Strong opinions. Always trying, looking for information to disprove your hypothesis. Okay. Right, and and it allows you to be curious at a whole bunch of different levels, and and so I um I believe this until I'm proven otherwise or do until so that information I'm open to anything that will disprove it, but it, it has to be a, it has to be something that actually disproves it, not just a whole bunch of fun. Yeah, so you have to run your own internal scientific method all the time, right? Always trying exactly. to disprove your own components yeah. of the worldview, I guess. So, so funny enough, though, that when you talk about so when when we talked about even what we opened up today, that belongingness that most people don't see in 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 a whole bunch of other decision making process that they do. I get to that out of deriving it from things I see in my own opinions or that there were wrong. Mm -hmm my own biases that were wrong and then trying to connect that to other uh, 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 other stuff so again strong opinions weekly held and i'm constantly um i'll update my algorithm yeah 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 um what's called bayesian inference which i think you referred to right yep uh, hypothesis action or the ooda loop is the same thing right you observe okay. and decide act Scientific method is, is 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 similar. All of these concepts are different, different ways of of explaining similar types of ideas. Iterative perception, right? Exactly. Yeah, iterative perception and action. And I guess that here I find too the importance of Occam's razor, which is just I would describe as the simplest solution tends to be the right solution. Um, and you can say that. We have all this complexity in the world. Things are very confusing. We don't know who to believe. You know, uh, things are increasingly unmoored from reality. I mean, you know, people are putting snap, you know, screenshots on Twitter of 
news headlines and it's the craziest stuff. But, you know, all these gender politics and group identity, this, and it, we're just like, we, we to belong, right? To, to, to belong. So desperate to belong to a group that by doing so, uh, they create a group that another group doesn't belong to. Yeah. And it's, I, I mean, the, again, this is like, we we're talking about earlier with fix the money, fix the world. My intuition tells me that it's very closely related to us being in the peak of the fiat experiment. We have the money, we're just unmoored ourselves from economic reality. So other systems of thought and identity become bizarre and strange and unmoored from reality. Whereas yeah, they, 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 they matter more, more to us or whatever. We're so consumed by that, by that addiction of belonging. And yes. now we have now we have media that allows us to do that at scale. Yes, that the 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 personal connection. You probably know Dunbar's number, power yeah. of one fifty. Yeah. So so we believe that we can push back past Dunbar's number with yeah. a whole bunch yeah. of relative strangers that all really care about us. Um, and and by by being on social media all the time, and we miss the 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 depth and breadth of relationships that really drive our lives mm -hmm. and so i'm not saying you, you can't find different people that really drive your lives that's it, but but it's hard to expand that number that depth past 150. right right agreed and, and then i i i feel strongly this is related to inflation again that it's it's driving divisiveness right it's it's elevating perceived scarcity so it's driving divisiveness and I guess you would say unnecessary divisiveness. Like people start to really cluster into these groups that don't even make sense. I know it, this is this is where I'm very much my own hypothesis that the that money is an extension of mind. Actually, you know, we think in dollars, and I think with most tools and and structures we create for ourselves, there's a reflexivity between man and tool. Right, the tool actually shapes us back. And I think money has has a significantly influential character on, on ourselves. So I, I think these things are related. You, you unmoor the money, you unmoor the culture. And we're yep. seeing that right now. Yeah, I, I, that I totally agree, agree, agree with. And, and I, I go back to what are the things that you really need? Mm -hmm. Like what are the, what, if you really break it all down, how much money do you need? Right. How much, you know, that, that equation matters in what type of environment I live. Yeah. Um, and if I live in it's something where I can't pay my food, it's going to matter a lot more and everything else. But, but when you really, what are the things that drive your happiness and, and, and abundance? What are, what are you, what are you really happy that you have? What, right. what, what do you have gratitude? I've, I've always found if you have gratitude for the things that I have, more stuff comes. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's the little things ultimately, right? It's yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, so it's actually the way more important things. Uh, uh, way more important things. Which is sort of an Occam's razor in and of itself. It's like just the simple little things or what's going to make you happy in life anyway. So be grateful for them. You attract more of them. And, and Bitcoin, it, I guess it takes some work to see it, but it really is the simple solution to all of these problems. It is a simple solution to all of these problems. It's, a, it's, a, it, it's, it's that big a deal. <laughs> so do you think then... I, there's a quote in your book it says that the lesson is our lives are defined by the positive impact we have on others. 
which gets back to your point about, you know, centering our lives on love and belonging. This is related to the money, I guess. I mean, we just are able to. We didn't talk about it in, in, in the other episode. I, I, I said, um, I've known people kind of chasing more and more money all their lives. Mm-hmm. And then when they get to the end of their lives, they wish, uh, they, they, uh, they wish they had a do over. Mm-hmm. And publicly, everybody thinks they're, wow, they, they made it. Privately, it doesn't look like that anywhere in their life. Mm-hmm. That's profound sadness. Can you imagine doing that in your life? A lot of people do that in their life. We're chasing some sort of relic of power or status or any, something else uh, only to get it and then realize, why did, why did I want it? Right. Like, what is the thing out of the thing you want? that is really driving it. Um, and, and most of those things are around connection. Most of those things are around the people that you care about and the people that care about you. I, um, I haven't told this story and I don't think in any podcast. When I left my, when, when I left my business, knowing that the, the debt was going to take it to zero um, and, and kind of a year before that, my own wealth in that business was a hundred million dollars. And I knew the debt was going to wipe it out and wipe out all friends, everybody else in there. And instead of taking kind of, I don't want to say a bribe, a deal where I would help them do that and own more of the company. Yeah. I left knowing that, okay, now I'm wiped out too. So, so I walked home from uh, work that day after 19 years of building a company. Um, and, uh, and, and my my wife family they knew this but i didn't have a job i didn't have uh, we had sold our house we had sold everything into the business especially into the final part to try to make sure that this didn't happen and i walked away with zero not knowing how i'd pay rent because we'd sold our house at the end of the month and and so i've experienced the highs, the lows, everything else. Here, here's what, um, within, when I, when I walked away, within 12 hours, three different friends called. Those three friends don't know each other and don't know each other called and said, and, and my wife Kelly heard two of them on the, because uh, it was on speakerphone. Jeff, I'm going to wire you $100,000 to your personal bank account. Um, you never have to pay me back. Don't tell Kelly. Almost a verbatim. It's like they practice the line. And, and, and all I could think is, who am I to deserve this? And, and, and you could think, and, and what I didn't realize is I had abundance the entire time. I had everything I could ever want. The money was a smoke show. Anything else, it was, it might've, um, but I had everything I could ever want all the, all the time. And how fast, forget the wealth, how fast the wealth built back, how fast everything else. I had everything I could ever want. And, and when you have relationships like that, and, and when I say who would do that for, uh, for somebody else, I would be one of those people that would do it for somebody else. Yeah. But I never knew it would come back to me. Wow. Wow. That is very powerful. Um, so what do you need? So what do you need at the end of the, at the end of the end of your days, what do you really need? And, and so when, when you think of the things that you have by being the person you are, 
and just kind of keep doing that, everything else is just part of the fun ride. Yeah. I don't know if I knew it at the time. I don't know. And honestly, when you, cause, cause I literally didn't know how I'd pay rent. I didn't know how, I didn't know what I'd do. I didn't know what, uh, yeah. uh, you're, you're totally lost, but, uh, and, and uh, it reminded me of the movie. It's a wonderful life. And, and so that's what it, that, that's what it felt. Uh, that's what it felt like. And so to be able to experience that, to know, what you have when you have nothing is a gift that <laughs> crazy. Beautiful story. I mean, what, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. That's an amazing story. But it's, but, but again, when you have, when you have some of those things, that type of story is, is, is something that like it, it, the almost the best thing that could have happened was walking away from my company because I, I would have never seen that. And, it, and, and, and so it's a, it was a learning for me. It was a wild learning uh, for me about all the stuff that I already have. Wow. That, thank you for sharing that. Um, I think that's a beautiful place to wrap up and a beautiful piece of life philosophy for people to incorporate. It's like really, I guess being grateful for what you have every day and it's not, it's not out there. You know, the answer is not out there. It's, it's in it's here. Today. It's, it's in here. Yeah. And, uh, and in this whole kind of, uh, you can see it tying it back to Bitcoin, tying it to, that's not the reason for Bitcoin, yeah. but, but Bitcoin allows more people to see that. Right. To have the time to be able to understand that it's not corruption and everything corrupting the base layer of money, that you're chasing some artificial dream about right. what matters to you. You'll expand your time. Yeah. So you have the things that, the, the, that you can understand that the things that matter, that is the, the way that that will, it will take, uh, uh, take society. Yeah. We can set our own goalposts, right? Instead of pursuing these artificial ones. Yeah. Jeff, thank you so much. That was an awesome way. <laughs> to wrap this up um, awesome the book which has already been wildly successful but i guess you could maybe tell the audience where to get it and where to find you uh best places at jeff booth on on twitter um the why don't you put it in the show notes the uh, the uh, uh the book i think people people know okay yeah yeah um it is a great book and I highly encourage everyone to share it. Um, it, it just cuts to the chase. It's very readable and hopefully will help make people more aware of what's going on. Um, a lot of people seem, seem blind to this. 